Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. My mom sent out a text to me and my sibling. She said, uh, no Why did you pick up the slack, you a- no, Something like, like that, or am I paraphrasing? Mm-hmm. So I saw a band was playing named Choir, Choir, Choir. Two people. What? Two people? Yeah, it's just because the crowd is the choir. Mm-hmm. They stopped the first song, mid-song. They said, someone's singing way too loud. Oh, no. And trying to be, like, in key. Who is it? And everyone points at a guy. It's my cousin, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Hey, Daryl, shut the <laughs> f*** up. <laughs> shut sad. the f*** up, Daryl. We're trying to sing a f- song in Peterborough. Mm-hmm. Our last Dang. interview ran long, so this is going to be short. Should we call you back next week, or should we just bang this out? I don't care. Whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> It's <laughs> your show. Mm-hmm. Wee! Squeal like a pig. Wee! You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light. F- you, Daryl. <laughs> Dance. <laughs> Dance. What a. Uh, is my mic on? Is this it's working? On. Oh, yeah. It's all working. What a huge week in Canada. It's the week of October 15th, 2018. Uh, my daughter, Sydney, turns 11 on the 16th, and weed becomes legal the next day. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and then on the 19th, the Arkell's new album, Rally Cry, comes out. What? And it's in stores. It's all and, happening. And we have Max and Nick from Arkell's here to start the podcast, which is unique. We never usually start with a guest. Ooh, guys. I like it. Yeah, yeah you're so only the, cool. the second. Jerry D is the other. Comedian Ooh. Jerry D. So you guys We're are in rare company. air. Yeah. yeah, very good company. You've been uh, doing press all day for the new record. Yeah, uh, we're up at the crack, crack of dawn. You, so Nick was saying he didn't yeah. have to do the I, morning I was, stuff. I was honest. I told him I didn't. <laughs> have to, told him yeah, I, Mike and I had to uh, do the morning stuff. So that, and that and Nick kind of let me in on this that because you're a Toronto guy and Mike's a Toronto guy, uh-huh. you guys kind of get saddled with the early morning press. Yeah. So Mike and I both have places <laughs> in Hamilton, but our our significant others are in Toronto for school and work. So we're we're in. Toronto a lot now too, and the other guys take advantage of it. Like, yeah, yeah, they get big so, in. Yeah. Big so lead us through. So we talking uh, CP two, two four? Yeah, two, we did two, CP two, two four. Yeah, what did we do? We did CP two four. You know all those morning shows. I it, saw you on with George Logajanis. I think were you on with yeah, George? Yeah, yeah, George. And it's weird to see George do music interviews because he used to be on Much Music. Remember? That's right, Tony and. He was like skinny rock and roll guy, and now he's like you know filled out in a good way. Uh, suits looks like a banker, you know, but he's doing the right, he does a good rock and roll interview. Yeah, it was a good day though for, uh, to do those shows because it's not really the right medium to do anything like too intense or too heavy. So, but the the royal family announced the baby yes. on the way, and then also Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande yeah. broke up, so we yeah. have that to talk about. We ran into John Tory backstage at oh, CP twenty four. He's always there. He's there like daily. <laughs> He lives in the basement. Joking. He lives He's in the basement. Always at and like I, I like John Tory for that. Like I, you watch him do the live press conferences with a, a reporter scrum, and it's almost like the reporters are start trying to think of other questions to ask him because he's so eager to do more press. And like honestly, we're ready to just leave here. John. Well, the thing which is funny about this one is that he was there because he was like, "Look, on Wednesday when weed becomes legal." The city is going to get literally 10,000 phone calls from <laughs> residents who are confused. That's like, why is my neighbor smoking on the porch? Is he allowed to? And we're just going to say, yes, he's allowed to. It's <laughs> right. legal. Right. And so right. Like, that's why he has to do the rounds, just to be like, don't call us. It's legal. It is a weird, like, this is weird, eh? Yeah, it's, like, it's a strange time. So like, we're, we're the second country. Who's the first? Uh, Netherlands? Uh, yeah. Holland? I don't know. 
I'll, I'll, that's, Look what it the, up. that's what the information it, machine's for. It, <laughs> South Korea, maybe? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I just it's guess that, that was my segue to talk about the fact that we missed each other in South Korea. I know. By, like, seconds. You guys landed and we left. You were doing your final show on the hill. That's right. And then had to get to the airport. That we had to literally get on. You have to be back That's for. right. <laughs> they made us come back and do the Monday trade uh, deadline. It was brutal. But um, how was your experience over there, guys? That must have been uh, incredible. Yeah, it was great. Um, we'd been to the Olympics in Vancouver, right? Yeah. In, in 2010. But because I was just, not just Vancouver, but we're familiar with Vancouver. Right. It was a lot less kind of, like exciting than getting to to go to korea hop on a um, plane and then you're in yeah. canada house and it's such a unique atmosphere because oh God, you know yeah. you've got all these canadian athletes their families random canadian stragglers like dan and myself <laughs> mooching <laughs> off everybody but uh i love the videos that i saw of you got you know you made it almost like a campfire atmosphere kind of yeah it was cool well be, so um the story goes that you know we announced our hamilton show uh by well we didn't announce it tessa and scott announced our hamilton show on the day the olympics kicked off uh we got a tweet from the canada olympic house saying that they were uh playing our song knock it at the door at the end of every day we tweeted back sort of half jokingly hey we should come over to play and then one thing led to another, and we were on a plane. So they, <laughs> social media finally worked. It for actually you. worked. It was, it was amazing. And uh, but they didn't ever expect a band to play in Canada House. The only stage they had was a little podium. Yeah. And that's so right. uh, when we said we were going to come, and they in- invited us over, they literally had to source instruments. Uh, that we set up the drums on the little podium, and we were on the floor like it was a house party. So it was really as spontaneous as it looked, and it really felt like a drunken house party. And the thing about the, going to the Olympics in the tail end of it is the Olympians are d- most of them are yeah. finished their they're just hanging they're, out and drinking. they're partying this is it yeah. they've been training four <laughs> years they've been like monks oh right? yeah and so they finally get to let, let loose and we, we ended up at the karaoke bar till five in the morning with the Canadian women's hockey team yes singing and there's a great video of Nick singing Bon Jovi living on a prayer well yeah. the great thing about karaoke <laughs> there is it's not like it's it is here most of the time where there's like six people in a room and one guy's like swaying with the mic at the front. They cram like 40 people into a room that should hold 15. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then everybody's just jumping up and down and screaming. It's like half karaoke, half mosh pit or something. It lends itself to Bon Jovi. It oh, really yeah. does. Uh, yeah. How many days did you go to Canada House? Every day. Yes. <laughs> so you probably experienced the same thing. You see the same people, and it's like it's a it's a small town. You're like, oh, what'd you do today? Yeah, exactly. What, what event did you see? And it's just you're catching up with the same people every day and then having copious amounts of drinks with them. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was so much fun. It was so surreal. You know, we, we've had a chance to do lots of cool stuff in this band, but that one sticks out. Got an update. Christoph gave this to oh. me. Uh, Uruguay. Is Come on, Uruguay. Uruguay. The first country that uh, legalized weed. Wow. Huh. Uh, Can we also sense. backtrack to the the Davids, Pete Davidson Ariana Grande? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, when you brought that up, I thought you guys might have some interesting yeah, things to say guys, about that. Yeah, what were your guys? Let's get your takes on that. Well, it was bound to happen. Yeah. Like, why? But they were they're engaged. They were both Maybe it's a once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine that he's well, he's sort of an unstable guy. He's talked about his, right, yes. yeah. and she's uh, would seem to be an. I, mean, I don't know. I just I can't imagine dating anybody like her it would be very if anyone could do it you could 
<laughs> I mean, you could. Let's find out. She's single now. She is single. Yeah. Well, how do we? How do we make this happen? Social media. Social. We send out. The let's send the tweet. What do you think? Speaking Joel Embiid does that all the time to Rihanna. That's true. He yeah. does. It hasn't worked so no, far. Hasn't been. <laughs> Seth Meyers is. All, I saw him. He was like, "That's his dream guest because he's got a crush on her." But apparently, she's not. What Rihanna? Yeah. Oh, she's never. But she's show. not. She's not buying it. She's not buying what <laughs> Seth is selling. There's a great story. Um, Diplo, the producer Diplo, uh, was in the studio with Rihanna and Future, and he just wanted to show Rihanna some of his beats that she might be able to sing on. It's in this GQ article, and uh, it's like midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and he's not getting his chance to show her a song because Future and her keep on going back and forth mm-hmm. with music. And then finally, he's like, check out this beat I made. And then she's like, that sounds like airport reggae. Get that out of here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Diplo. Rihanna's the realist. You know what? Someone needed to take Diplo down a notch. And Rihanna anyway. did it. And so, if anyone's going to do it, it's Rihanna. <laughs> so did Pete Davidson misstep by on the first episode of Saturday Night Live the start of the season, they concentrated so much on her. Did she say, okay, this is getting weird? Uh, I think it's this Mac Miller stuff. I think it's fresh. Yeah. You know? I think... So she used to date him and he just died. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I, it would be, I do sometimes think it's like, to, it would be fascinating to be a fly on the wall in one of the conversations. I think about that often with like celebrities or Donald Trump or whoever. It's like, just to be a fly on the wall, just to see... How those conversations go. Well, the thing I find fascinating, I was like, Colin Jost is dating Scarlett Johansson, and Pete was dating Ariana Grande. And obviously, they meet these women at the show. And I think I heard like Dana Carvey on a podcast say, we never got any of the girls of the day. (laughs) You know, like, no one, we never got to, we barely got to talk to them. Like, how is this happening? This is like, suddenly these SNL guys are like really cool. Yeah, like suave. And people actually want to date them. Women actually want to date them. So, yeah, that's the thing that's fascinating to me is that these guys are all of a sudden, because they used to just be comedy nerds. Yeah, yeah, they they weren't the cool guys. Yeah. yeah, Colin Colin Joseph is kind of handsome. Yeah, comedy nerds are cool. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's talk about the record. It's out uh, Friday. I was lucky enough to hang out with you guys when you were recording a bit. Yeah, you came Bye. That was fantastic, man. It was oh. so cool. The uh, the thing that struck me so much is how relaxed you guys all were. Like, is it always that relaxed in the studio? Is there ever a moment where you, there's a little tension? Because it didn't seem like... I, I remember leaving that day thinking, I can't see these guys ever really getting too, too hangry at each other. I brought you cupcakes to make sure that you weren't yeah, too, hot, that was very too sweet hangry. Well... Weed might be getting legalized this week, but <laughs> it was certainly decriminalized when we were in the studio. Yeah, that's uh, fair. That's fair. As which it again, should be. made the cupcakes better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we. One of the things about being in a band is you have to learn how to work together. Like, group work is, especially when you're kind of creating something from nothing, can be a very stressful thing. And I think everybody over the years has learned different ways uh, to work within a group. So I think for me, for instance, on this record, I realize it's like if I'm around and hovering over people as they're trying to execute their, their performance, it might not be very helpful. Right. So I'd go out for walks. I met you for breakfast one day yeah. while guys were working on stuff. And it was kind of delightful to be able to like leave the studio come back and Nick had a bunch of bass stuff like finish I'm like oh wow that sounds awesome and, I, and he'd come up with things that I know if I had been in the room would have been worse and when you <laughs> when you guys do you talk about like your creative process how does it start does it start with lyrics does it start I notice a lot of the tracks on the new record at least the four that I've been listening to because I've been listening to the four on my yeah. Apple Music 
pretty bass driven melodically nick like you you kind of you kind of are pushing the melody with your your instrument is that like do you do you get a chance to kind of start to write yourself who kind of starts the process when it comes to the songwriting usually what happens is max will send around uh demos of like either him on a piano or him with like a drum beat that tim has sent to him and then because we're so busy like touring and stuff we don't necessarily i'll get in a room but we'll email the demos to each other and i'll get it i'll play on it send it back to the guys and the producer mike will play on it tony will play on it and that's kind of how we have been like kind of building uh songs up at least for this last record which is kind of different than our older records where we would get so together. in the past you'd be in a room yeah. together more and and maybe jam a bit or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah i mean there's something to be said for that being in a room and reacting to each other but also I find that when there's five guys playing loud in a room, no one's really listening to each right. other. <laughs> so if you have a chance to actually like sit with the song and uh, and like really kind of take it in and and have your own time and space to do it, in the same way that I get to do that with lyrics, you know, or, or sitting at the at the piano for a chord progression, um, it, it allows everybody has a chance to kind of sit in, in their underwear at home and kind of think about it, and right. then. And so by the time we get into the studio, every like Nick would come in with a bunch of ideas. Right. So uh, yeah, but typically yeah, it starts on my out of tune piano. I send it to Tony. Tony uh, has to because my piano is a half step out of tune. So Tony has to re-record my piano part, and, the, and then everybody else can play on it. Right. Yeah. Right. After Take a record is done, do you ever? Oh, sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, do we man. have that old man toolsy drop? <laughs> Old man toolsy. <laughs> Good work. I was much heavier then, too. <laughs> After a record's done and then uh, you go back like years later and listen to it, do you listen to some of the songs, or even one, like a one that you just completed, do you listen to a song and say, man, I wish we did this different. I wish we did that didn't. Or once it's done, you're done thinking about that. Oh, I hardly listen to our old records. I, I can't even look at like a picture from a long time ago. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, oh, get that out of here. Like, I think there's it. old pictures of Max where we've convinced crew guys that he was actually in the Sheepdogs. <laughs> like, big beard, really? long, curly Oh, we hair. have to make sure yeah. we get those pictures next year. Yeah. We'll send them out on our Twitter account for the world. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the, one of the ways I uh, stay optimistic is that I don't think too hard about what used to happen, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Cause if, Neither cause, do we. Right? Yeah. Like, because yeah. I, I find. Like looking back, sometimes to be like, oh god, really? And so yeah, yeah. There's and I, I'm proud of all the records, but I don't really think much. We about did them. that last night. We found an old, <laughs> old uh, bit where well, it wasn't even a bit. I was on the road reporting on like a Carolina Jersey game, and it was embarrassing. I was a bad broadcaster. Uh, this was like from 2013. So. Well, you you looked like 12. <laughs> you looked so young. But it was the reason we brought it out is because Carolina played Winnipeg last night, and Rod Brindamore is now Carolina's coach. And we always joke about how he could literally rip his suit off and just go onto the ice <laughs> and play because he's probably in better shape than everybody in the league still. <laughs> but Dan interviewed Brindamore while he was playing in that Carolina series. And, uh... and I asked him a question with Marty Brodeur, and I'm like, trying to be fun. I'm like, hey, I'm the new guy. <laughs> so uh, I say to him, hey, uh, that Marty Brodeur, pretty good goalie. Hey, he's like, yeah, what kind of a stupid question is that? <laughs> so I'm like, uh, Speaking of good-looking coaches, <laughs> yeah. um, the Leafs invited us to a game the other day, and it was we got to sit second row right behind Babs. Nice. Good head of hair, that guy. Oh, great yeah, head of hair. but terrifying him. Good Saskatoon the jawline? Oh, oh, my, oh my goodness. God. Yeah, he, he terrifies us on a daily basis. That's a good question. I don't 
I don't think so. No, I, he doesn't seem no like the that. type. No, I, yeah, that seems yeah. like that's something that would just it would just be ridiculous to him, you know, to do that. You but know? but he's really put together. Those, he you is. know what I mean? I think. But like, do you notice like today, for instance, after I watch you guys on CP24, they always have the Leafs uh, live media scrum, and it's Babcock, and he always goes right off the ice. Right to the reporters because he's like, I want to get this done. I want to get this done. Mm-hmm. And he's sweating. Like, he's he works yeah. hard in practice. Oh, like, yeah. he's like out there skating. He must work out man. too, though. He must. He must. Like, his pecs. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, you guys really <laughs> checked You guys were like fascinated. I, by we were right behind him. Yeah. And we were just kind of checking him out the whole time. Speaking of coaches working out, my, my dad had a good question and he doesn't really follow hockey much at all. We were watching like a game one Saturday night when I was at home and the stars were playing. And just out of nowhere, he goes, hey, hey, Nick, uh, do, do those coaches, do they have to, like, skate around and practice and stuff? <laughs> I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Dad, probably. Why? He's like, because that, that Dallas coach has a big middle. Oh, which probably <laughs> Ken Hitchcock. It was Ken, yeah. Ken Hitchcock. And I thought, yeah. that, that's a really nice way to say that. Yeah, a big middle. A big yeah. middle. Yeah, big middle. Yeah. I mean, it's a, the one thing about Ken Hitchcock, it's a testament to how great a coach he must be, that he <laughs> has looked like that ever since junior. <laughs> he coached in, in junior, and he was even bigger than that. I heard a rumor that they used to play, that some... Uh, arenas would play the A and W Root Bear oh, song when he would come in, like mean. really cruel Bad. stuff. Oh, like wow. he was Whoa. huge, he was massive, but he ascended to this incredible Hall of Fame coach. Like mm-hmm. he's got to be doing some right. Dave Reed, I remember he came to work at TSN right after he won the Cup with the Avalanche. He said, "My least favorite and also best coach I've ever had," and it seems to be like almost like a theme with these guys. Yeah. Same with Babcock. Like, yeah. I don't think. Ask my Commodore. I don't think many guys love Babcock by the time they're done playing for him. Sure. But yeah, I but think they also know he wins, that he yeah. wins. I don't think a know? coach is there to make friends. Yeah, okay, here's a question. So, um, you know, the, the band is pals with Kyle Dubas, and he's a big music fan. He's married to a Hamilton gal. Couldn't be a sweeter guy. Has great family. And um, my uncle, who is kind of a, an old-school hockey kind of guy, uh, he knows that we're pals with Kyle, and uh, over the weekend at Thanksgiving, he goes, "You're friends with Kyle Dubis, right?" I was like, "Yeah." It's like, ask him why he wears those stupid glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like such a nerd in those glasses. Tell him to see. And I never thought about that to see because I hang around with band dudes all the time, and yeah. th- to me, those glasses kind of seem cool. I thought so. I, I I thought that was like a, the the cool thing that the young GM. Was but doing. I wonder for the old conservative hockey guys in their fifties if they look at Kyle Dubas and go, like, "What's this nerd doing?" But then I thought, does is Kyle wearing the glasses to appeal to the nerdy analytics community to get respect from the young twenty somethings? Like, is he trying to do yeah. like, appeal to both sides? Because he looks kind of like a hockey guy. Right. But then he's also appealing to the nerds. Yeah, you know? he's he's so young. I weird weirdly enough, this ties in slightly. I, <laughs> Sunday I went to uh, my third Wiggles concert in the last year. Oh, the Wiggles right. breaking. Third it. Wiggles concert. Like I'm giving the Wiggles. I'm making them richer than they already. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. And my wife. Uh, uh, my wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. Uh, my wife. She elbows me and says, uh, "I think that's Kyle." I think he's like two rows ahead of us. And I looked over and it was him. And I went over and, and, and chatted with him a bit and his wife was there and Jan, the, yeah. but um, I felt so bad because like our daughter's a little older so she's up dancing and stuff but their little guy was maybe one and he was not having it he was just not having it oh and, really and they got out of there and you know to be honest after I watched the show I thought you know what he's that kid's right they weren't that 
Good. <laughs> <laughs> are they mailing it in now? Yeah, I think they're mailing it in a little bit. Yeah, because the boy and girl wiggle were married. Now they're getting divorced. Oh no! There's, it's like Fleetwood Mac now. There's tension. <laughs> yeah, that, the lawsuit was announced for that twelve million. He's going after. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, Lindsay. What do you guys think about that? I this this Fleetwood Mac oh. thing. Lindsay's suing the band for really? firing him for twelve or fourteen million bucks or something like that. Yeah. And well, we're gonna keep it. Good eye on the precedent, it might send. Yeah, right? <laughs> if anybody needs see, to get terminated. See how yeah. it goes for you guys yes. down the road, right? You know, the, the thing that kind of blows me away about that is you think as people age, they sort of level out. And, like, you know, there's lots of, you know, parents that go through divorces totally. in their 30s. But by the time they're 60, they're like, ah, oh, whatever. That was a different time. Absolutely. Like, the fact that, yeah, because um, the guy who um, mixed our last two records, Mark Needham, he's pals with, uh, he produced the last Fleetwood Mac, oh, the Lindsey Buckingham, Christine McVie record oh, wow. that came out last, last wow. year. And he's friends with Lindsey. And he said that last record was supposed to be a Fleetwood Mac record. Uh, but Lindsay and Stevie couldn't get along. Right. And so that's why it was a Lindsay... Yeah, what happened between... Well, well apparently, like, Lindsay last week said, well, Stevie told the rest of the band, I don't want to be on stage with him ever again. But I'm like, you guys live together? Yeah. I know there was, I know there was a lot now? of history. Yeah, why now? Why? Well, here's another question for you guys. Like, I'm amazed at bands that have longevity... And then at some point, one guy will drop out because he's not happy about the creative direction of the band and really be bitter about it. You know what I yeah. mean? And be angry about it. And I'm always like, why not? Why not just show up, perform, and leave? You, do you necessarily have to... Like, when you guys perform, couldn't you just get by if you weren't getting along? Couldn't you get by by just performing? Oh, I mean, it's probably... If you have such disdain for your bandmates but you're in, and you're in a like a van or like right i can understand That's why that different. would be difficult yeah. but if you're fleetwood mac like you know how the songs go right <laughs> and know? they could each have their own bus the stage is oh gigantic yeah. you can literally yeah. do the Les nesman thing and and mark off your own spot i heard that when they're on tour they rent out like the top two floors of the most expensive hotel in chicago and they take a private jet back to that hotel every night after the gig good for them yeah and it's, it's, it's like they could not be rolling any nicer. Exactly. Yeah, it's cra- so, it is crazy. So I guess that's why, yeah, what possibly could have happened between, you know, between Stevie and Lindsay at this point, at this point, to make her say, I can't, I can't go on tour with them anymore. But everyone else is like, we've got financial obligations. Yeah, just, I guess just the, the reality for their life has been something that none of us can relate to on any level. And they've been living it for the last 40 years. Like, they've been yeah. incredibly rich for so long. Yeah. No one's telling her no for anything. So no, she that's has true. a weird idea like that, nobody's going to be like, <laughs> That's a good hey, point, Nick. Mm-hmm. Don't maybe walk that back. No, she's Stevie Nicks. They'll yeah. be like, Okay, Stevie. And then she comes in and says, I'll bring in uh, Mike Campbell from Tom Benny and the Heartbreakers, and I'll bring in uh, Neil Finn from Crowded House to replace him. And they're like, Oh, actually, that sounds pretty good. And also, you know what? <laughs> I went to that uh, Christine McVie, Lindsey Buckingham show uh, last two summers ago at, at Budweiser stage and it wasn't busy like right. compared to the Fleetwood Mac shows which are always sold out yeah. and I think Stevie knows she's the ticket of course yeah of course she is that band for sure and um, now you guys are going on tour right away yeah, when, yeah. you leave this weekend yeah we fly down to Phoenix on uh, Saturday is that so, how it's pronounced Pahonix 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 yeah uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna be gone, basically more or less, till uh, December first in UK, Germany, US. Amazing. Okay, so speaking of those places, aside from USA and Canada, what country do you guys have the biggest fan base? Like 
off the the beaten track, one where you're like, wow, how did they even get our music over here? Good question. I mean, we we've been kind of we get surprised when it's outside of Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. We can be in Guelph. And be like, wow, whoa. Guelph likes us. <laughs> I mean, I think we spent a bunch of time in like Berlin and Hamburg and London and like I, you know, for our band, it's never been like we had a hit on the radio in a random town and we showed up and there was a thousand people waiting there for us. It's yeah. always like there's a direct correlation between the amount of times we played played a place and how many people show up if you right. were to graph it out. So right. right now you can't say like you're big in New Zealand? No, I, I wish, but definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but is it weird for you? Like I think you opened for Frank Turner, right, in the UK last year yeah. or was it this year? Yeah, in the spring, yeah. In the spring. And then you come over here and he opens for you guys. Yeah. Which I kind of dig that kind of dichotomy oh. or whatever. We've been doing that since college. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The, the old trade. The old uh, show trade? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so give me some other, uh, some other examples. Who else? Oh, I mean, back in college, you'd be like some random indie yeah. band from Guelph who'd be like, yeah. we'll give you a Hamilton show if you give us a Guelph right, show. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, as much as the internet has broken down borders, there's still an element of, you know, patriotism when it comes to what music is being received. So, for instance, like, we played a festival in Edmonton and Jimmy Eat World played before us. Right. But Jimmy Eat World are like a legendary band. Yeah. And yeah. if we were to play in America, obviously we'd be opening for them. Right, so That kind of right. thing happens. So, it, now you go down to America, what's the response like? Is it, is it, um, it's always weird with America, right? Like, is it, is it still something you guys are like, we have to destroy it here we have to become gigantic here or do you do you not care that much uh no i mean we we like we try to tr uh, treat every market as its own thing so it's like if we played to 600 people in new york let's try to play to a thousand the next time like right, you know what i mean right. it's like each each thing is relative and it's really about building like a real relationship with each one of those those towns so, I don't yeah know. I, I think we like going to america because one it's close you know two the cities are pretty awesome to just be able to hang out in for a couple of days and then uh the other thing is it's just like such an important place for like western music right yeah. like the kind of music we play yeah a lot of it is born out of america and so it's it's definitely a an important place for us I think. and you two guys get to go to ballparks on yeah. the road yes. so you've been to yeah. you got to talk to me about this how many parks have you been to what's our number nick it's probably around 15 we've probably been to around i thought more no maybe wait, 17 18 yeah. and what's yeah. number one on the oh. yeah <laughs> yeah. Can we get another what's, drop? Can we get one what's more? What's number one on the list? What's uh, number 15 on the list? Old man doozy. <laughs> like the harmonica. Great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, number one, I mean, it's got to be Wrigley or Fenway, right? I, I'm going to debate you on this. Oh, okay. okay. So I love this. At, at this point in time, there's so many beautiful ballparks. There's I so know. many. They all overlook the city skyline. They all have great food and amenities. But there's only one Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. <laughs> the Oakland yeah. Coliseum looks like it was in Mad Max. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. The sewers <laughs> overflowed there last year. Yeah. There's literally barbed wire on the <laughs> on the uh, the path to get from the subway to the stadium. That right. was like just so memorable. Bit kind jarring. Of how, how janky it was. Yeah. 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 We we took yeah. the Bart over there from San Francisco. And we were like doing the earnest, uh, you know, uh, travel guy thing. We're like, oh, so what are the what are the cool spots around the ballpark to go check out? And they look like you don't want to go anywhere near the ballpark, and then, unless you like rail yard. Yeah. And then we get a, uh, a ticket. It's in it's April, by the way. It's like the, the A's are not good at this point. And we asked the ticket taker, we're like, what's like the best food in the in the ballpark? And they're like, well, we got some garlic fries, but. <laughs> 
They're not as good as the garlic fries in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, I have to ask you guys before we let you go. We're gonna um, we're gonna do the TV show with you before I let you go. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced their um, their nominees for this Mm -hmm. year. I think you guys have seen this list. We're on it. Yeah, you got it. Okay, you got it. Okay, (laughs) so I wanted you to pick three each, three of these bands. I'll list. I'll list. I'll list them off to you. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Devo. Janet Jackson, John Prime, Kraftwerk, <laughs> LL Cool J, MC5, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, Roxy Music, Stevie Nicks, Boom, The Cure, and just a few more. Todd Rundgren, Chaka Khan, and The Zombies, Odyssey and Oracle. The Zombies. Ooh, right. How many officially get in? I don't know. I don't know if there's like an exact limit. I have, don't know the rules. I don't know if there's a, a certain number that, ha- that have to get in. But I'm going to say three. Let's say three. Okay, I, three I'm going to go with my three. Okay, what do you got? Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Stevie Nicks. John Prine. Wow, look at you, Toolsy. I like those picks. Okay, Nick. Okay, I'm going Rage, Janet Jackson, and. Wow. John Prine, too. Wow, so two... two, two now, this has been three, spilled yeah. on. I apologize, okay. Max. Hard to read. So two for Prine, two for Rage. Okay. John Prine, uh, my brother Vince's favorite singer. Yeah, like I... I'm actually... There's a few that I'm surprised aren't in already, uh, like Prine. Well, shouldn't he yeah. be in the Country Music Hall of Fame? Well, this is the other thing. This is what He's I was going to bring up there, with you guys. Right? Like, I would put Janet... If I have to pick this list and say, okay, who should be in... Well, I pick Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. But... The, Janet Jackson wasn't like other than Black Cat. It doesn't seem like a rock and roll singer. Like there's like the Beastie Boys are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I, I find yeah. it weird. I feel like there should be a hip hop. Uh, yeah, well, soul, the, the, that gets back to the question: is like, what is rock? What's music? rock yeah. music? Yeah, yeah. It, it, so. should, it should be like the spirit of you know, sex, drugs, and whatever the. F- I guess so. Yeah, but I uh, <laughs> probably pick Janet in there. I pick Janet. I pick The Cure. To, oh. me, to me, The Cure is like a, a band that is so influential. Maybe not as much in North America, but I, I just feel like The Cure should be there. And then I'd and pick Def Leppard's not in it? I feel like Ra- Def Leppard, no matter what you think of that style of music, they had the biggest album on the planet, and his, Hysteria was like sold zillions of copies. Yeah, I think about Def Leppard. Def Leppard, I'm shocked they're not on the rock I think they should be in. <laughs> Whenever I, I hear in. the start of a Def Leppard song, I'm like... Yes, it's pour some sugar on me. <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> Sounded like it. Hey, they got me again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say Radiohead again. This is no, but Radiohead doesn't care. They wouldn't even show up. I know, but that I shouldn't know. keep them from the hall. That's Nick. true. That's that shouldn't true. keep them from the hall. Stevie Nicks, um, just because she's a boss lady, <laughs> as we know. Yeah, and she is. you know what's funny? Like another one, like Craftwork. Um, I don't know much Craftwork, but I know they're very influential. Yeah, like, they have. Like, they're the godfathers of electronic music. Right, right. So, then you're so like, they, okay, probably they should probably should be, be in it. There's a lot of bands like the there that should already be in it. Is there a limit to how many people can get in? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know the rules. I know Tony Zambor probably does know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony doesn't know. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean... It's a fun debate. It's uh, a fun little debate. You know what? I'm going to be honest. 
I feel like I said John Prine because it's, it's like cool when guy you, answer? Yeah, it's cool like when you have in, infinite jest on your bookshelf. Right. <laughs> right. No, but right. Prine, and he yeah. doesn't have much longer for this world, so. That, that's true. That's He's true. coming here Lifetime at the TV. Wiggles show I saw. They had, were advertising Prine's coming to the Sony Center. Ah. He's not touring with the Wiggles, though, right? It's I the, don't know. He might open. be opening. Yeah. Christoph <laughs> says it's the top five that get in each It's the top five. Uh, okay, so we could have picked a couple more. All right, we're going to let you guys go. We're going to let you wander over to, the, to our other set. Uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to come interview you on the television. So you can, uh, I don't know, primp or do whatever. Watch out uh, for a fox. When I was driving into uh, the lot tonight, There's a, usually foxes are tiny. There's a massive fox out there. Really? Yeah. We also had skunks, skunks on the lot. Wow. And we had coyotes. Oh, coyotes. We had coyotes. Noah's Ark over here. So if you're wondering <laughs> what happened uh, to two-fifths of the Arkells uh, <laughs> before the album came out. How great would that be if you got bit by a fox? Oh, <laughs> yeah. man, that'd be a good news story. Oh, you can you can buy the, that press, you know? You can sue the hell out of Bell, right? Oh, Build yeah. your own studios. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could just take... Oh, well, you wouldn't want your studios up here. <laughs> Never mind. No. no, we're the only ones. Actually, I did say that because coming... I, I'm a downtown guy myself, and uh, coming up here is tough if you have to go through the rush hour traffic. True. I, was, I said to Tony Zambor, I said... If I was negotiating a contract, if I was a big TV star like yourself, yeah, and I yeah. live downtown, I'd say I'd take half the amount of money to, to be able to, to do 299 Queen. So when, we, when they approached us about yeah. coming back when we were in Los Angeles, the very first thing I said was, <laughs> hey guys, listen, uh, we want to get... You know, we want to get Max and Nick from Arkell's on. <laughs> we want to get big names on the show, and they, they don't want to come up to Scarborough. Okay, all due respect to Scarborough, they don't want to do that. Let's do a little set. We don't have to do a big set, because they're like, we're going to do a big set. We're like, we don't need that. Just a little set down at 299 Queen, the old Much Music building. We'll do it. Maybe we'll get some crowds at night. Maybe people will come. It'll be a tourist attraction. They're like, no, we'll pay more money. We'd not, do not a conversation. Yeah, so it's just not happening. Uh, so we're here forever. So, we can uh, be happier. <laughs> so good luck with the wildlife. Um, is, Dan, is Danny here? Okay, is Danny's Dan- going to... Oh, but now before Danny goes, Danny, can you hop on the mic? There you oh, go. Danny's in there? Yeah. And we just want to get one quick update from Danny. And uh, Max and Nick, All bear right, with me here. You. Danny is our social media guy. Nice guy. But Danny is from, where are you from, Danny? I'm from the Hammer. The hey! Hammer. hey! There it is. And so it's the All Hamilton Show. The, re- the reason we wanted to have Danny on, we're going to have Danny on quite a bit more, but Ben Teller is our old social media guy from Fox, and uh, he makes Dan uncomfortable, very uncomfortable when he comes <laughs> on and talks about his extremely awkward dating life. So Dan wanted to limit his appearances to once every two months. Oh, I, wanted, I wanted to limit it to never. To never. <laughs> but he agreed to every two months. I want it every month because it's so funny to see how uncomfortable he gets. So we actually sent it out to the listeners in a poll. Danny, would you like to reveal the results of that poll? So what the poll was exactly was, did the Jane Dan podcast listeners miss Ben Teller? And so <laughs> what Ben said was, if it's over 50%, he comes on once a month. Uh, Toolsy? Got some bad news for you. Oh, sixty-six uh, percent. Unbelievable. Miss Ben. <laughs> that's like that's like, like Kretchen's referendum rules. That's like clear majority. How many people voted? Ten. <laughs> um, says here over two thousand, just over two thousand. Tulsi, I'm sorry. It's going to be a lot of Ben on the show. <laughs> I'll just take bathroom breaks when he's on. All right, fair enough. Uh, Max Nix, thank you so much, guys. And uh, the new album is out uh, this Friday, October the 19th. It's called Rally Cry. And uh, the four songs that I've been listening to for the last three weeks are incredible. 
Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks. Emerson. Uh, Can't all right. wait to see you on the TV. Danny's <laughs> going to come in now and escort you out. We've never had this happen. We used to just kick people out, but now you're getting an actual escort out of here. Hey, oh, I forgot to ask you guys. Have you ever been on the stage with choir, choir, choir? No, it's in the works. Maybe it's in the works. Oh, okay. 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 We'll talk about that on the TV show exclusively. <laughs> hey, um... Uh, so Wiggles, no good? I, actually, they were really good. They were really good. They're always good, Dan. What's a ticket to the Wiggles cost? Uh, I think, like... It, they they are very conscientious about keeping it affordable for everybody. So I Smart. think it was like it wasn't very expensive, like maybe forty bucks or something like that. It was pretty reasonable. Okay, that and then it's that. an hour. And the thing with those guys is that the songs are like eighteen seconds, right? So they're just going boom, 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 boom. Um, Dubis was nice though, nice guy, uh, super friendly. I, I've been, you know, we've all been there. He looks friendly. He's always smiling. Yeah, exactly. He's got every reason to smile. Right now, his buds are up 3-1 as we tape this over the LA Kings. On the Kings. On the La Kings. Um, how was your weekend? You, uh, you just rocking it out in Orno? By the way, Captain Feathersword of the Wiggles, they tried to get him to say Toronto without the T's. And I was all excited. I was like, <laughs> he's going to say Orono. And he went, Arano? So that's what people do say when they see it on my birth certificate. Well, I have a I have a grievance to air. Oh boy, um, brand new casino. <laughs> a casino just opened up in my hometown today. They built the casino in approximately sixty days. Wow, state of the art casino. And it wait, and it, it's in Peterborough. Yes. So what's stopping you from just making the move to Peterborough now? You've, Here's what I'm going to tell oh, you. Okay, I remember this now. No crap stables. Yeah. So this did they is, tell you why? Uh, no, I just no. been been told okay. that there's no crap stables. So that's like if you were a kid, and an ice cream shop goes in next to you, and all they sell, you're like, I'm so excited, I can't wait. Yeah. And all they sell is vanilla ice cream. Yeah, that's no fun. That's no fun at all. Where is the banana? I, I will never enter that casino. Well, you'll come on. You'll be up in Peterborough at some point, and you'll. No. Well, you play a little blackjack or something. I don't play that. Maybe, um, how about some poker? I'm going to have to start gambling on Monopoly. We got on a Monopoly kick this weekend. I mean, poker, the one thing I never did understand about casinos is the poker rooms. Because it just seemed extremely depressing. Oh, yeah. Just go so sit in a poker room for hours like, at least the the other uh, forms of gambling, craps, blackjack, they're kind of social, you know? You're kind of hanging out with everybody. Craps is the most fun game in the casino. Craps Everyone's is in really on. fun to, to gamble, and, and you're, everybody's in on it together. Whereas poker, the whole point is to shut your emotions down completely yeah. and put on headphones and glasses. And it always seemed like going to Vegas to play poker, like... That just seemed sad somehow to me. And so they built this casino in like 60 days, and I told you this the other day on set. There's a bridge on the 115 over the Otonabee River that they've been working on for three years. <laughs> the priorities. They've got their priorities straight. Yeah, and Engineer Jim, how long does it take to build a casino? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I would have to say... Uh... A couple of years minimum. Yeah, well, they set records in my hometown building the casino there. Whoever built it, uh, hire them to, yeah. to build your next project. <laughs> How are you, Jim? How are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm doing great, thanks. 
How are you guys? We haven't talked to you forever. Forever. Did you guys have a good summer? We had a great summer. Uh, we took a lot of it off. Uh, how about yourself? Did you get back out to the, to the Cape, to Cape Cod? Uh, you know what? I, I wound up staying out here this year uh, simply because uh, I worked on the uh, the Men's World Cup. Oh, oh, right. Fox had the yeah. World Cup, yes. Yeah. And oh. now you're knee-deep in the baseball playoffs. Knee-deep in baseball, I actually worked on uh, the stuff for the Dodgers game that's airing as we speak. I was there at 7 this morning, and I just got home. Wow. And uh, and now we have Thursday night football, too, so yes. I'm, I'm slammed. I Man. tell you, love or hate the Dodgers, their games, they're exciting. Yeah, they are. They are. And... Uh, I think the Brewers are a fun team to watch. They are too. fun. I, I really like them. Yeah, I'm kind of rooting I'm, for them. I'm actually torn because I, I, you know, the Dodgers are sort of my National League team, and and but it's hard not to love the Brew Crew and want them to win, you know. And it's a it, good it baseball really market. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm a huge Red Sox guy, and I would love to see the Red Sox and the Dodgers in the World Series because uh, that means I'd probably get to go to a game out here. But um, at the same time, I, I kind of, I really like the Brewers. You yeah. know, I mean, I'd love to see that matchup. But here's so, the you, problem with the Red Sox. Their game's minimum five and a half hours. <laughs> it's <know>. ridiculous. <laughs> but And you know what else, you know what else, Jim? Uh, I, you know who, who doesn't want the Brewers to win? Uh, Eric Shanks, president of Fox Sports, president oh, and CEO yeah. of Fox Sports. Oh. That that is the last team he wants to win. He he is jonesing for that Dodgers Red Sox World Series. That's money in his pocket. That's a bonus for him. I'll never forget when the Jays in 2015-2016 were going on those playoff runs and they were in the championship series and I'm sitting in the makeup chair at Fox and he comes up behind me and whispers in my ear, "If the Jays get into the World Series, you're <laughs> I think he was serious. I think he was serious, Jim. Hey, Jim. Yeah, I, I I believe that he probably was serious. Yeah. Now I have a I I sent you a list of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, and yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna read them to you again very quickly. Okay. You give me give me three to five of these that you think should automatically be in. Okay. Yes. Def Leppard. Devo. Okay. Yes. Janet Jackson. John uh-huh. John Prine. Yes. Craftwork. Yes. LL Cool J. Love LL Cool <laughs> MC5. Motor Love City 5. How, how do you not? Uh, this list is insane. I don't know. I don't I've know never heard of that band. Say, Let them all go. Yeah, I know? agree. All the if you told me that all the bands I just listed were already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, including Janet Jackson, I'd be like, yeah, that makes Wait, sense. Wait, who the hell is MC Five? Jim, how would you describe them? Like punk band uh, from Detroit? Yeah, like a garage rock band. Right, from, not punk. Uh, <coughs> yeah, like like garage rock. Right. Right, garage rock you know, band from Detroit. Okay, from Detroit, yeah, and uh, you know uh, Wayne Kramer, kick-ass guitar player. They're really cool, really influential. Again, some of these bands are more influential than than had yeah. major major success. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Radiohead, Radiohead, Rage yeah. Against the Machine, 
Hell yeah. Roxy Music. How are they not in already? Stevie uh, exactly. Nicks. Stevie Nicks is probably in with Fleetwood Mac, but this is her as a solo artist. So, so I love her as a solo artist, but I'm going to mix her off the list only because I got to say some of these other, we got to make room for some of these other bands. I agree. And she's and already I think in. She's phenomenal. And if she's already in, yeah. like, let's not put her in on this time around. You Listen, know? uh, Belladonna is a great album. If you don't have it, go oh, pick it up. It's such a great unbelievable. Jimmy Iovine produced a record. Okay, and then we've yep. got The Cure. Just s- s- seminal band. Exactly. You know? Like, they're so good. Todd Rundgren. Rundgren is not in. It's insane. And, you know, the artists that Rundgren have it, as a producer is unbelievable. You know, he produced bands like Grand Funk Railroad and Badfinger, Meatloaf. Uh, the band, New York Dolls. I mean, the guy's a phenomenal producer. The list of artists he's produced is as big as his, you know, discography. It's insane. And then finally, the last two, Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Yep. And the Zombies, Odyssey and Oracle. Great record. Yep. I don't know if maybe maybe they haven't didn't put out enough maybe to get in. I don't know, but so you get, so three or five. Okay, or four, so, uh, up to five I, bands. I, Who I just wrote? I have a question. I don't know if you're nice Yeah, Kraftwerk. I mean, I we had um, Max from the Arkells on, and he said he doesn't know much Kraftwerk. I don't know that much Kraftwerk, but I know Kraftwerk probably should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe they. All right. So here's the deal with Kraftwerk. They really are sort of like the pioneers, kind of the innovators of electronic music. Right. You know, sort of that whole uh, Depeche Mode vibe, but like the Human League and, you know, Soft Cell and Gary Newman, you know, here in my car. Yeah, basically everything that came out in the 80s had a touch of craft work in it. Yeah. You know, they they kind of invented the vocoder, you know, all that. And uh, and the use of drum machines and synths—they really were the first ones to kind of do that stuff. They're real electronic pioneers, electronic music pioneers. So, in a way, I kind of, because of their influence, I almost feel like they need to go in. But I agree. You know, how do you? I mean, look at all the records Def Leppard sold and how huge they are, and the same with Janet Jackson. But like. I look at artists like Kraftwerk and Devo and the influence Devo had on other bands. And uh, really, even like Roxy Music, but like, I guess if I'm going to pick five, I'll I'll, I'll go because of the influence Kraftwerk and Devo. And then I'm going to pick, see, you know, like Radiohead and Rage Against the Machine. I just feel like they're going to get nominated again. Yeah. What about some of these other artists? But uh, I'm, uh, all right. So I'm going to say The Cure. I'm going to say Kraftwerk, Devo, and uh, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, like the MC5 should be in there. Roxy Music should be in there. Todd Rundgren should the, be The great there. thing about this list, there's no wrong answers. And the other thing, Jim, there isn't. don't you think that literally if someone said, 
all the bands I listed and artists, and someone said, they're all going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. I want to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Why don't they just put them all in? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm down. I totally you know? agree with you. Just I throw them all in there. this is the year they should do that. Jim, uh, we have to go. We have to cut this a little short. we got to run, but uh, it was oh, fun no. catching up. It was fun catching up with you, my friend. It was fun catching up. Yeah, I, because I did want to mention uh, uh, really quick a uh, couple of people that passed that had uh, some uh, that I had a chance to work with, like Burt Reynolds yes. and Jeff Emmerich, who was the Beatles' famous engineer, and Paul Allen. Oh, Paul and, Allen you uh, worked with. Okay, here's yeah. the thing. Can we can we pick this up next week? Can we talk to you? Yeah. I want to talk to you about Burt for sure. Yes. I want to, yeah, I, we need to talk about this. I got some good Burt Reynolds. Okay, stuff, this is what we... Let's pr- a promise to the listeners... Next week we get Jim back on. We go we go longer with Jim, and we have a nice long chat about Bert and Paul Allen. And yeah, wow, this will yeah, be great. Some good Paul Allen stuff, and of course uh, Jeff, Jeff Emmerich. Uh, when I worked with him, he, he you know he's that guy. He was like the engineer, time. right? Was is that right for the Beatles? For the yeah, Beatles, he, yeah. He did Abbey Road, and wow. Peppers. Oh and man, the stories. And, you know, and uh, I mean, it's kind of one of the reasons I do what I do is because of that guy, and uh, and to work with him in the studio and have him tell me that I'm the genius was pretty pretty amazing. Uh, anyone who's ever worked with you would agree. By the way, anyone who's ever worked with you would agree. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, but, Jim, uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. We're gonna call you back next week. We're gonna pick up this conversation. Sounds great. Love you guys. Love you, buddy. Everybody, Thanks, buddy. Everybody, everybody in LA sends their love. They're the best. We I miss you same. guys so much. Take care, Jim. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll see ya. All right, we got to wrap it up. We got to go interview our Kells for the television program. Bye bye. Bye bye. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.